So we are continuing our seeding predictions, this time with the top 10 in the West. We did the Eastern Conference in a previous episode, so be sure to check that one out. We took way too long. We, we spoke way too long. We recorded for more than two hours. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, yikes. We still can't control ourselves. We're not getting any better at it. So we decided to break it up into two podcasts. So not much more to introduce here. Once again, I am Rafa, joined by Carlos. What's up, guys? This is the Got Next podcast. All right, so Western Conference. Let's, let's just get number one out of the way. Let's really not talk about this. Who's your number one? The, the LA Clippers. <laughs> I was waiting. For, I, wait, I gave it a long pause because I was waiting for it because I'm like, no, you're not, you're not fucking serious. You're not serious. <laughs> the Los Angeles Clippers. No, I have the, I have the Lakers as uh, my first seed. I mean, defending yes. champions, their roster got better. Yeah. LeBron, I don't. They still have the two best players in the league. I don't see. I don't see them like. The only the only potential reason why they wouldn't be the, the number one seed is mm-hmm. if LeBron decides to yeah. take it easy in the regular season, which yeah. obviously there's this history of of him doing. So that's the only that's the only caveat there. Yeah. But if he continue, if he plays the way he did last year, where he was committed yeah. on defense. And there they should be. They should be where they were. Last Based year. on the preseason, it looks like they're still hungry, which is awesome. I mean, adding the benefit of adding new guys is that they will they will be hungry. There's I don't know if there will be complacency, so that's great. I I do think that the Lakers finish top of the West with a chance for another team, but I it's that's hard to argue. Yeah, I think that if the Lakers kind of take it easy, um then maybe they dropped to two, maybe three. But regardless of where they're seeded, the Lakers are the team to beat still. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of where they're seeded, they're still the team to beat. They'll be the best team in the league by by playoff time. Yeah. If they're not the top seed in the West, they're still the best team in the West. Yeah, for sure. And that'll just be because, like, they're – they really didn't get a lot of time to rest in the offseason. So that I'll totally get. Like, if they kind of slack off, it's fine. Like, 71 days is not a lot of time to – yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not worried because if LeBron, they can just replace LeBron with uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, and they'll be fine. <laughs> now Horton Tucker looks awesome. He looks so good. I like him a lot. Um, just to look back at their regular season numbers, um, minus they were four point four points better on defense. I don't see that changing. That potentially gets better with Gasol. Yep. Um. I don't know by how much because they were already so good. And offense was 1.5 better than the regular season. I see that getting better for sure mm-hmm. with Schroeder and Montrez Harrell on the team, especially Schroeder. Yep. They have, like a, they have another creator besides LeBron. Yeah. And, I mean, they, this is the championship team, and they just got much better. At least on paper. Like <laughs> – at least on paper, for sure. That's, I'm impressed. So I have the Lakers at one. Same, same. So let's move on. Because that's, I, I, I don't think that's a hot take or anything. Who do you have at number two? Um, basically, the same number, well, 
They weren't number two. They were number two two years ago. The, Nug- the, the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets. I have the Denver Nuggets as well. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah and, I mean, yeah. they're really good in the regular season, right? They were. And I see Jamal Murray, like, being the bubble Murray for the whole year. Yeah. And just so everyone's clear, this is – I'm not just saying this because of um, – because of their success in the playoffs. This is just because I think they, they're getting better. I really do. Mm-hmm. Their, their offense was 2.6 better than league, league average, and that's without Bobo Murray. So you can imagine with Bobo Murray and Porter Jr. taking another step. Yep. I mean, there's a solid chance that this team is much better on offense than they were before, which is already a great offense being anchored by Jokic. Yep. So... I, this is why I have them at number two. Their offense is just going to get significantly better. And they already have a decent defense as well, right? Yeah, average defense. Decent. <laughs> so they were 0.3 better than average, oh. which is average. Average, basically. <laughs> They're average. So the thing is, like, I don't know how much that changes. I think if Porter Jr. improves on that end as well, if Gary Harris turns into Clay Thompson light and – Millsap has a renaissance or Jermichael Green is a stud, then that gets better. Yeah. I don't think that they need – they don't need this elite defense to be a contender. They just need a top 10 defense. They need an above-average defense. Yeah. Because if they're going to slant towards offense, they have the perfect pieces for that. For sure. And, yeah, actually, there's also potential of, like – how you know how Bobble had, like, a couple of good games in the bubble? <laughs> But if that translates to the yeah to the play to the regular season, there's always tape of bowl bowl, and everyone is like, "Oh my god, look how good he looks!" <laughs> yeah. But but on a serious note, Jamal like Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic as your two cornerstones on offense. Yeah, assume yeah. Obviously, this is where Murray has to put uh, prove that he can do this as well in the regular season and not just in the bubble. Yeah. Although with empty with empty arenas. I don't see that change. It'll be pretty similar to what it was, I would yeah. think, atmosphere-wise, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I think we're on the same page there with, uh, with the Nuggets. Yeah, who do you have at number three? I have the LA Clippers. You don't have the LA Clippers. I know you don't. Oh, you do? No, same, yeah. All right, perfect. <laughs> the same, okay, we have the same top three. Yeah, and so here's the thing, too. There is a, there's a chance that the Clippers are still at number two. There's a slim chance they're at number one. I don't see it happening because this is – I mean, they were a really freaking good team. Like, their record was behind the Lakers, but they're 3.4 better than average on offense and 3.1 better on defense. That was with Doc Rivers. Yeah, they're, they're already – like, they were – I mean, they still lost to the Nuggets. That doesn't change the fact that their <laughs> yeah. their roster and like the team is still like arguably one of the best, like the best in the league. Yes, uh, not a good argument for the best in the league, but there's an argument. I mean, based on the numbers, they were the best in the league. But of course, the numbers aren't everything. Yeah, they're not everything. So, like, based on the numbers, they should have beaten the Nuggets. But you know when. <laughs> That, that, this is where you need to watch the film. And I think that this is where everyone was complacent about the Clippers. It's because it's like, they still have this all-time talent in Kawhi and PG. And we're like, ah, oh, whatever. Like, we basically ignored all of their glaring weaknesses, which were they have 
poor rim protection. The Doc Rivers doesn't seem to be using their players the best of their abilities. They have defensive liabilities off the bench, as great as Harold and Lou Will were. The defensive liabilities. The rotations were not stagnated so that Paul George and Kawhi were running the offense when they weren't on the floor. Yep. Lack of depth besides after... Like, the depth was really weird last year, yeah. Yeah, they had no one to back up PG and Kawhi, basically. Like the, I know they had the two six-man candidates, but that's at center and point guard. They had no wings. Yeah, exactly. Do you think the coaching change and, I guess, signing of Ubaka and Luke, getting Luke Kennard and Nicholas Batum, does that help? It does. I, yeah. I did say, like, I would say the removal of Doc Rivers was the biggest off-season move they could have made. Because, like, that, that coaching, it was bad. Particularly, like, after all the stories came out during the off-season, they, they, they probably needed a change in the head, the head coach. They, they do need a change in three facets of the game. Offense, defense, <laughs> duh, and... What else is there for the game? <laughs> offense and defense. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they need to change their offense, they need to change their defense, and they need to change their culture. And that last one's the most important, arguably. The culture, yeah. The, the, all the articles that came out the last few months... Yeah, not a good sign for team chemistry. So that's yeah. the big that's the big uh, issue with them. We'll, we'll see if yeah. they mesh together better this season than they did yeah. last. Exactly. I mean, as talented as this team is, like if there's off ball, off court stuff. I mean, we've seen it with a better team. The 2004 Lakers are like a prime example of how your off court stuff can just bleed your value on court. Yeah. While they removed Doc Rivers, which is great, having Ty Lue who has in the past told LeBron and Kyrie Irving to shut the fuck up, that's huge. I think that's important. Yeah, for sure. I think that Ty Lue is better at making adjustments. I tried to watch some film of the 16-17 Cavs. My worry is that the 17 Cavs were not a good defensive team. And I don't, I don't know whether that's like partly from effort and partly from strategy. I'm leaning towards it being more strategy. Oh, really? No, sorry. For leaning more <laughs> effort, not strategy. I misspoke. I think that's more effort. So I think that the strategy will be fine. But we'll see. There's a lot of question marks here. Yeah. But I, I think their talent is still good enough to be a top, yeah. top three seed. Possibly yeah. two. No. Yeah. And now, important to, thing to note here with Ibaka, too. Now, I like the Batum and Kennard because that's just wing depth from quality wings. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a fan of both of those moves. I think that the Ibaka thing is a big key factor that I need to see play out because we have to remember that A, Ibaka did not close out those games in Boston. Yep. B, Marcus Gasol was a better defender Yeah. at protecting the rim because I think that while Ibaka is great at shot blocking, he gets his IQ is not quite there, which has improved over the years. And I thought that even in his OKC days – he has the raw talent to block shots, but he doesn't read, read things as well. Like, he'll go up for the shot, so he'll, he's very vulnerable to dump down. Right, right. And, you know, I looked at some statistics, and his rim protection stats I looked at, he was 51.5 at defensive field goal percentage at the rim, which was 13th in the league for high volume at the rim. His... This is, but this is the part where it's like his IQ 
really like reveals itself. So I looked at a statistic called shot deterrence, mm-hmm. which basically means are people avoiding rim shot, take shots at the rim when he's there, when you're there. So Marcus Gasol's was minus 2.83, minus 2.83, which means he's deterring almost three shots at the rim. Mm-hmm. So in this stat, minus is good. Yeah. But Ibaka was 0.09. Oh. So it's like essentially nothing. It's one shot. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like point one oh, shot. Point it's point one. Zero sure, nine. I, I misheard. Oh. Yeah. It's point zero 0.09. It's essentially nothing. He doesn't really deter shots. And so that's where his IQ might come in. It's like he's not deterring shots because you'd rather people shoot from the outside than at the rim, yep. especially superstars. Yep. So that's something to look out for. Do you see him like being being their five then, or oh yeah, he has to be right. Or you can still start Zubats. <laughs> no, no, I see. I see them starting Ibaka, and especially because he's a two-way guy. I mean, he's at, at the very least a good defender. Yeah, and he is a versatile offensive big man. He can shoot, and he has lob gravity. Yeah, that's true. That kind of offensive versatility is tough. You know what I mean, like. If you think about it, what is the like? If you think about what is the most valuable player to have in the modern NBA, it's of course an, an offensive of course. superstar that can create for himself and for others. That's there's no doubt about that. In my opinion, the second most valuable thing is a, a two-way big man that changes your defense and is good on is good on offense. Like a Rudy Gobert. Anthony Davis is the prime example. Rudy Gobert is another one. Giannis mm. is another one, and Bede yeah, is another yeah. one. That's the second most valuable thing you can have. And Ibaka's not those guys, but he's a light version of it. He's a non-superstar mm-hmm. version of it. And that's, that's important. Yeah. That's why Ibaka was so highly recruited. That's true, that's true. That's fair. Um, although I do see them still, like, you know, cause, just because it's the regular season, they might still start Zubats, but they close with Ibaka. Like, they probably put Ibaka at the four yeah. or something. Yeah. No, here's the thing though. I do like Zubac because he's a good offensive yeah, yeah, player yeah. and defensively he's not as versatile, but he's not. He's okay. Bad. He's like a decent starting center. Okay. Yeah. He reads some stuff okay. He'll be good off he the bench. He just can't for play sure. 40 so. minutes a game. He's not going to be that guy to play 40 minutes a game, basically. Yeah. Who do you have at the fourth seed? This is going to be surprising. I have the Golden State Warriors. Wow, the Golden State Warriors. Wow! <laughs> For me, this might be a little surprise too. I have the Dallas Mavericks here. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> this is where it yep. gets interesting. We have... This is where it gets interesting. <laughs> For... I knew the top three were going to be similar. 4 to like 12 can just... No, actually, not, not 4 to 12. 4 to like 7. Pretty... A lot of these can go a lot of ways. So, yeah. your case for Golden State. Steph Curry. <laughs> good, good case. <laughs> Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Steph Curry. <laughs> well, that's it. That's all, that's all you got. Okay, it's just Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fair, man. I mean, shit. But you know, okay. So Steph Curry, that will be that will lead. He'll lead like a uh, top five to ten, if not the best offense in the league, assuming he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, on defense, they still they have it's obviously still have J- Draymond Green, assume, assuming he comes back from COVID. 
soon. <laughs> um, but they he still looks slimmer, by the way, which is good. Yeah, he definitely looks slimmer. He wasn't. It's good if that was on purpose. It's bad if that's from COVID. Oh, let me just say, I don't think it's from COVID. <laughs> no, I think but, the picture yeah. was taken before he got COVID, right? I don't know. Oh, okay, cool. I have no good. idea. I have no idea. <laughs> good. Anyway, sorry. Draymond, your... Draymond, Draymond Green will still can still anchor a, a, a good defense, a great defense, and they still have like they still have very athletic wings who can defend. Yeah. So, I think their defense will be will 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 be above average to good, at the very least. Yeah. And then Steph, Steph on offense will, honestly, like, I'm looking at their <laughs> looking at their other players, and it'll be hard. Like he's really on their only creator. But he requires so much attention that yeah, it'll create easy shots for everyone. And mm-hmm. uh, Kelly Oubre, Kelly Oubre, and Andrew Wiggins, I think, will be good enough, like wing complements to carry like to be secondary scorers for the for the team. Yeah, I looked at obviously I looked at all the team's numbers. We can essentially disregard Golden State's previous numbers because they're like atrocious and that's uh, no doubt it's going to get better they were 5.3 worse on offense and 3.1 worse on defense so we can disregard that because it's going to get better roster turnover alone is going to make that better yeah um i did watch them in the preseason and steph looks like he's as sharp a shooter as ever no surprise there and he still reads pick and roll great um what did concern me a little bit it's like he looks like he's a little less adept at finishing at the rim. And that's just a one-game sample. He could have just had an off night. Maybe he just needs to get his footing under him. But mm-hmm. Which game did I you mean, watch? The Kings game Kings. or the... Yeah, the Kings game. Okay. Basically, yeah. all his points came from threes and jump shots. Like, But one thing to keep in mind, too, is that Steph is 32. So if his rim finishing isn't as good as it was when he was 27, that's a, that's a thing. That's a big deal. I think he's crafty enough to compensate... I agree, but I don't think it's going to be as good as it has in the past. Mm. Now, I'm not saying he's going to have this massive drop-off. Yeah. But if he's not as able to get to the rim, then that takes away some of his shot creation. He's, of course, going to sh- create for others with his shooting gravity. That still exists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just the, the other pieces. I, I have questions about it. Like, Wiggins looks good. And from the game that I watched, his shooting looks improved. But how, how much is he really going to – how good is he really going to be? Same thing with Oubre. Like, good, they're both good slashers, and the Warriors are going to play fast, but it, I don't know how much creation is going to actually come from them. I also don't know how good Wiggins is as a defender. I don't know how good Wiseman is as a defender. I don't know how good Draymond is going to be on the offensive end. Draymond, the o- Draymond offense is going to be shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then their bench, like Wanamaker and Bazemore, I like a lot. I love Marquise Chris. He plays really hard. Yeah. Marquise Chris is awesome. But there are just a lot of movable parts here that could turn out really poor for me. You know, th- there's just so many questions for me, and they need to work things out. I think they're going to have growing pains because of the way they play. Now they're going to get a lot of easy stuff on offense because of their fast pace, which is awesome. But... Golden State's previous iterations are based on elite playmakers. So they've had Iguodala. Really high IQ smart guys. Livingston, Iguodala, their centers have always been high IQ guys. So David West, 
Bogut, Zaza kind of, not really. He's, but Zaza is good enough to like pass Bogut. You know, Wiseman and Chris and Looney are not that. And so a lot of their offense is going to be predicated on athleticism. They have a lot of athletic. That's what they they're replacing like smart playmakers with athletic wings, basically. Yeah, I, I agree with that then because Steve Kerr's offense very predicated on Steph's movement, so it'll require a lot of reads from these players. Which I, then I can see why this might the, 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 your concern. I can see your concern in that in that in that sense. Yeah, yeah. and they're of course they're gonna play fast, like they should if they have all these elite. Athletes, you should play fast, no doubt. And they do play fast. But then a lot of the times when you play fast, you're going to have to make it up on defense. And defenses tend to not be good if you play fast. The Warriors were, but they also had like this, again, they had this high IQ team. And they were really good about locating their matchup really quickly after a make on offense. Can this team do that? Because they do not want mismatches. If Wiggins gets caught on LeBron, yikes. <laughs> if Wiggins gets caught on Kevin Durant, if he gets caught even on Donovan Mitchell, like looking at the rest of the guys in the West, if Wiggins gets caught on Lillard, on Luka, on LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, like th- that's just a ton of offensive guys. Devin Booker, maybe, J- John Morant, like, that concerns me. Yeah, I'm 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 trusting more in trusting more in the culture of the Warriors that Draymond will, Draymond and Curry will be able to mm-hmm. the championship pedigree will be able to lead their uh, lead the team in both in both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. fair concerns on them because I like I have them at four, but I could honestly see them go all the way down to like seven or even eight. Me too. <laughs> I, I still see them solidly in the playoffs. Oh, no doubt. They're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. I think there are yeah. people who are overreacting to all this and be like, no, nah, the Warriors are barely going to make the playoffs. They're going to have to play in for it. I don't see that because Steph is so yeah. a game changer. Draymond is a game changer on defense. Um, so I see them firmly in the playoffs, but I don't see them as a true title contender because there are also people in that camp. It's like, oh, yeah, the Golden State Warriors are back. They're not. <laughs> They're not in that level anymore without Clay. They're not. With Clay, it's still po- it was possible, but without him, it's yeah. not a question. Like, yeah. no doubt that they're not. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And I'm pretty comfortable saying that. So now my my case for Dallas. Dallas. I mean, we already spoke about the elite offense, and that's not going to change. I think if Luca, Luca takes another step, that's even going to be better. And then. Kristaps yeah. Porzingis' health is going to be a big issue here. But even without KP totally healthy, they had the best offense far and away. So there's mm-hmm. no doubt that that doesn't change. They even added Josh Richardson, who can create some stuff on his own. So now when Luca's on the bench, you have another guy that can sort of kind of do stuff. And remember, the second unit was being led by um, Tim Hardaway Jr., Tim Hardaway Jr. Jalen Bronson is pretty good. I love Jalen Bronson. He's good. Yeah, I like him. Josh Richardson, who's I think a little bit better than those guys, so mm-hmm. that should improve. And Ups is healthy. That that should get better. Now, the, the big question here is, of course, their defense. Does does it get better? Yeah, one point worse on defense than average. 
So does it get better? I think with, if Porzingis is healthy, I think it does get a little better because that's rim protection. But I don't see it becoming elite. They'll probably be average. Definitely. Uh, keeping, getting Josh Richardson is an upgrade from Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. And he's still like okay at shooting. Like, obviously, a drop off from Seth for, for shooting, yeah. uh, shooting wise, but not, it's still decent enough, I think. I think it was a mutually beneficial but, trade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, I mean, Dallas's offense was so overpowered anyway. Yeah. So they, they needed, they could like take a little hit on offense to improve their defense. And Porzingis' rim protection should help. I think they should play Maxi Kleba a little bit. I looked at his rim protection numbers. They're not great. They're okay. They're not great. James Johnson should help a little bit. How about uh, Willie Cauley-Stein? Uh, no. <laughs> it's firm, no. He's, he's athletic. It's just like he doesn't read the game as well. He, he has like all the tools, but he's not. He does except the he has all the tools. Defensive IQ. <laughs> IQ, yeah. So that sucks. But this might be a little too high. I admit, I admit it. I just put them up here because I really think that if they become an average defense and then don't they have the same offense, they can jump a bunch of these teams. Dwight Powell. Yeah, the West is tight. So it's tough. Dwight Powell, right? He tore his Achilles. Dwight Powell tore his Achilles. Yeah, I thought it was an ACL, so I thought he might have been back early sooner, but nope. <laughs> nah, he'll be back probably like mid-season. He's probably not going to be the same guy though. Yeah. Playoffs worst. Yeah, I was I was I was going to say that's another option on center, but that they yeah. aren't going to have him for a while. <laughs> yeah, so they got Dorian Finney-Smith and James Johnson mm-hmm. to defend at the four, which is pretty solid. I think we'll see. I just trust Rick Carlisle to improve their defense. Yeah. Just, if they can just get at the average, then the, I think the Mavericks can contend for home court. Yeah. I have Dallas in this range as well. Um, I don't have – yeah. Are, are you ready to move on? It Or do you have any more points? Yeah. Who do you have at five? I was not going to say – they don't, I don't have them at five, though. Who I have here at five is Portland. Right. So you have Portland at number five. And you have right? Portland at number five. I have Portland number five, yes. Yeah, I mean, having Yusuf Nurkic um, healthy for a full year, I think that would yes. definitely help them. Uh, the, yeah. Obviously, the acquisitions of Derek Jones Jr., Robert Covington. Yes. Uh, Enos Cantor. <laughs> I think even having Gary Trent for a full season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bubble Gary Trent was awesome. He really was. They should uh, be better than they were last year. Uh, jump. T- yep. jump. I mean, obviously, we have them at fifth. Uh, yeah, they they kept Carmelo. Zach Collins should come back from injury, mm-hmm. although that will be still midseason. Um, yep. And obviously, Damian Lillard still gonna. Is, I counted him. Is Damian? Yeah, Lillard? I counted him yes. still improving, knowing him. Yep. Um, yep. Hopefully, he adds an off-ball game to his. He probably doesn't. <laughs> uh, to put Portland in context from last season, we know we like they played in for the playoffs. Um, they were 3.2 points better on offense, but wow, was their defense bad. 4.1 worse than average. Yikes. And, you know, I thought about, at first I was like, but do, do these things really change it? Like, how much do these additions really change it? 
And then I thought about who they're replacing. I was like, oh my God, lo- just losing Hassan Whiteside will just bump that up. Yeah. Like that, w- regardless of who th- that's replacing, just the loss of Hassan <laughs> Whiteside. Because man, was Hassan Whiteside bad at yeah. defense. Like some, he's overrated because his shot blocking numbers are good. But I was watching the, that Kings-Warriors game and Whiteside is on the Kings now. Yep. Rob, like, Whiteside wouldn't even contest Steph Curry on the, on the perimeter. It was insane. He's terrible. He's terrible in defense. It's so bad. So that 4.1 worse on defense, I wouldn't worry about it too much because losing Whiteside is an addition in and of itself. So a full season of Nurkic, I'm with you. That's, that improves it. Robert Covington, Derek Jones. Good boost. Side note, um, Hassan Whitehead and the Kings is the perfect marriage. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, no doubt. But yeah, I mean, they were play- and not besides the obviously the Whiteside thing, uh, moving bumping Melo to the bench for Covington or Derek Jones. Awesome yeah. defense already. Yeah, I think that they're gonna start Lillard, McCollum, Trent, and Covington. Yeah, and then Norkic. So that's a much better – I think that that offense even gets better because Gary Trent can move off the ball or Covington can shoot. Mm-hmm. So I think that their offense might get a little better and their defense gets way better. Yep. There's a chance that Portland is even number four. Yeah. Mel- and then Melo is a six man. He's going to beat people up. Bully ball Melo, yeah. Which is great. That's, I love that. They have Melo, they have Rodney Hood, Enos Cantor. And then Rodney Hood is back from an Achilles. Yep. This team could be very dangerous. Yeah. I'm still advocating for a Nick Vucevic trade, though. Can I just say that again? <laughs> it's like a third podcast. You mentioned I know. this. <laughs> I just think that Vucevic is a far superior player to CJ McCollum. So if they do a McCollum-Nurkic trade for Vucevic and, I don't know, I don't know who, just a throw-in player to match salaries, that helps Portland. They should do it. I'm not sure if I agree with that. Do it. CJ McCollum is not as good as your Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> I mean, um, no, Nick Vucevic, Vucevic. Nick Vucevic. I'm very comfortable saying that. Interesting. I'm very comfortable saying that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm an advocate because Vucevic would make this team a contender, I think. Maybe fringe contender, not total contender. You don't think they're a fringe contender now? They're a fringe contender now, I guess. But... I don't, I don't see them beating the Lakers. If they have Vucevic, they'll at least try the Lakers, but the Lakers will still beat them, of course. Yeah, I, 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 this team is still they're, – they're, they're a solid playoff team, fringe contender, but they're not as good as the top three. All right, who's your number six? This is where I have Dallas. That's where you have Dallas. This yeah. is where I have Golden State. <laughs> so our top six is the same. <laughs> our top six is the same. Oh, okay. Um, the reason I I think for me the reason why Dallas isn't as high was six instead of four or four or five. Um, basically, what you mentioned, I I don't trust Chris Stapps to be healthy for the whole season. Um, just historically, that's fair. Not not a good um, not reliable to be there, and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I'm not as high on you as like getting their de- their defense uh, up there. I mean, obviously, it will improve with Josh Richardson instead of Seth. Uh, but yeah, I just think Golden State and Portland are 
better. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I I admit that I might be a little higher on um, on Luka. Dallas in general. Luca's defense is still gonna be shit, but <laughs> it's the defensive aspect for Dallas that like there. I just have fewer questions about Dallas than I do these Golden other State teams. in particular. <laughs> and Golden State in particular. There's there's just a lot of moving stuff. Now I will say that Kristaps is going to miss the start of the season. Mm-hmm. So that's something I actually forgot to mention. He had surgery to repair a torn meniscus. So he's going to miss some time. At least he's repairing it and not ruining it. He's repairing it. And I think that when he does come back, then that'll really help Dallas in the long run. So then, you know, I'll still stick with Dallas at four. So I think that their defense will be more of a focus. We've seen Carlisle's teams go up on defense and then down on defense and up. So we'll see. Yeah. But I, I do have Golden State here just because of their questions. So, Okay. So I think we're, yeah. Yeah, Sorry. those three are interchangeable for me. Yeah. Same. Who do you have um, at seven? Because this, this gets really interesting. Who do you have at seven? Okay, so when I, I thought about this overnight, I did not have this team at seven. But um, this is a very big if. I have the Houston Rockets here. Ooh, Houston. I have Utah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, see, because Houston for me, like, I honestly, I had them pos- not even in the play-in possibly. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I, th- I'm, I might be underselling how good Harden is if I put the, if, <laughs> if they're that low. Harden is yeah. still one of the best players in the league. Um, yes. What does concern me though is this whole trade situation, yeah. and the fact that he does look he does not look in shape. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last time this happened, I don't know if you remember, but in 2016 he came into the season out of shape, and I remember. it was because he was bitching about the coach uh, Kevin McHale. Uh, so he. He started off the season poorly, got the coach fired, and then he went on a like ridiculous streak to pull them to yeah. the playoffs. I think they were seventh seed that year. Um, he played himself in the shape, yes. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of see that happening again this year, to be honest, because he's bitching about getting a trade. Yep, yep. Not he's bitching about not being included in the in the Westbrook uh, discussion for the trade. Uh, for the trade. Uh, no, no. Yep. Like, and the coaching decision, sorry, the coaching decision. I think that's what he was. That's that, that's what he was angry about. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, it's a lot of this. It's hard in base, to be honest, because if he, it's their offense is so centered around him. If he is not in condition to carry the team, then it won't. Yeah, it, he will, They won't. They won't be good. But I still like. I still like. I probably see a similar like trajectory as the 2016 where they will he will play himself into shape and carry the they have ridiculous yeah. scoring games and they'll make the playoffs yeah yeah i thought i th- those are my exact concerns with the rockets as well i watched i was watching a rockets game um because i wanted to see their other pieces but i lo- watched harden and he looked disengaged i mean i know that there's <laughs> clips circulating about him like driving he passes it and then he dropped the ball. passes it back to him and he just like wasn't even paying attention <laughs> yeah. but like i do think that more than just that play 
I was trying to not get biased from that play, but he does look disengaged. Mm-hmm. Like defensively, he doesn't look engaged. Um, on the offensive end, when he doesn't have the ball, he just looks like he's not, not there. When he turns the ball over, he's not hustling. He like just looks like he wasn't focused. So this could be the preseason, but knowing Harden's history, the, this might be him. It, it sounds pretty much typical Harden shenanigans. It does. It does. So it just might be worse because he's not in shape and focused. For sure. The things that could turn the Rockets around are Christian Wood. He looks really good. He looks that preseason game he played, he looked so solid on both sides of the floor. Mm-hmm. Defense a little bit less because he's probably more focusing on offense, but he has good feet and he has, seems to have decent instincts on the ball. And then t- just his two wayness, like he can shoot threes and then put the ball on the floor as a center. Yep. Wow. And again, having that two way center, that two way big man is probably one of the more valuable pieces you can have. Mm-hmm. And John Wall is another factor. Yeah, John so, Wall, he, he, looks, yeah. he looks so spry. <laughs> he still looks explosive. He's still a sharp passer. He hit a skip pass, and I was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. He hit a couple of dump downs that were awesome. His shooting rhythm looks different. No, it doesn't. I, I didn't I'm even... still waiting for Coach Nick to break it down. He used to have like a, a Luca ish rhythm where he did not uh-huh. quite like that, but it was like a, a once set motion and then now it looks like he's it's a one motion smooth okay ish so it might get better but even if he's just like that 33 or 35 percent where he sometimes gets to on threes that's that's great even silas is another factor here is his offense and defensive scheme going to be yep. better i'm not gonna lie i didn't pay attention to it quite as much because i was looking for the individuals rather than the team scheme I had a lot of tape to watch, so I couldn't <laughs> focus on everything. Um, Boogie, people say Boogie looks good, and I think on offense, like his shooting and his passing look good, but his feet are as heavy as I remember. <laughs> he's still heavy-footed. But he's going to back up Christian Wood. Yeah. I don't think he's going to start. He's going to back up P.J. Tucker or Christian Wood. <laughs> yeah. And P.J. Tucker is another factor here because P.J. Tucker like, hustles the hell out of the ball. But when he's not engaged, I mean, like, when he's not happy, is he really going to want to? Yeah. He might be tired of watching Harden pound the ball. <laughs> yeah. He might be, now, he might be motivated to, like, I'm just going to play hard so teams want me. But we'll see. You know, I wouldn't blame him if he, like, takes his foot off the gas pedal a little bit. If he, it's hard to play in a situation like that. Mm. Now, my, my case for Utah is that they were 44-28 and 28 last year. Mitchell took another jump with his mid-range stuff. He looks more comfortable. And then he, of yep. course, exploded in the playoffs. Yes. I see him making another small improvement again this year, more on his passing, which he made a, made a big jump last year. And having a full scene of Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson now being more comfortable in his role, getting Derek Favors back. So they have a big man all the time. You know, they, I expect their numbers to be the same where it was last year. They were 1.8 better on offense, 0.8 better on defense. I imagine that stays the same. That's why I have them here. Yeah. They're probably the same as last year. Do you think they actually break – do you think the defense improves next year? 
because uh, what they were like um, top, they were eleventh last year. If I, I just remember just random because of a podcast I listened to recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might get better. I think Gobert might have put more of his focus on offense. Yeah, to improve on that. So we'll see. I I think that their defense can get better. Yeah, especially with Favors. Yeah, who will play? Who will play defense when? Who will anchor the defense when Gobert is in there? So I think he'll get better. Not much better. Do it. Who do you have at number eight? This is where I have the Jazz. Number eight. This is where I have the Rockets. <laughs> so we just flip flop again. We have the same flip flop. We have the same top eight. How interesting. Again. I wish we need a we need to disagree on some <laughs> stuff, man. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I revise this. Phoenix is number four. I should have I should have kept the Rockets out of the top ten. Damn it. <laughs> man. Well, let's let's move on because this is who do you have at number nine? This is. I swear we're gonna have the same team. We have this. I have the Suns here. I have Phoenix. Damn it! <laughs> Shit. Well, we really have the same th- the same team. Who do you have at ten? Yeah. Memphis. Okay, I have to. I have, I have someone else there. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, well, let's talk about Phoenix real quick. So, to me. The Chris Paul move doesn't move the needle for me that much. It moves, it moves up one spot. They were 10th last year. One spot. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, it moves one spot. But I still think they're going to play in. Now, yeah. if Devin Booker maintains the growth that he made last year and DeAndre Ayton becomes an all-star, this team could be as high as six for me. DeAndre Ayton becoming an all-star is quite the leap. Well, I don't know if it'd be a big leap because, again, like... He also get a short season last year, yeah. Short season, but he played pretty good. I mean, his his stats aren't bad. What he had, eighteen points a game, on pretty good efficiency. And of course, he's not gonna be their their lead scorer. That's Booker. But if he improves defensively, again, that versatile big man. Yeah, he's eighteen points a game. He averaged eleven and a half boards, four offensive rebounds because he's an uber athlete. And his true shooting percentage was 56.8. So not, great, not bad, not great. Pretty good considering his relatively high volume. Yeah. If he improves true shooting and becomes a defender, a good defender, there's a chance Phoenix bumps up to yeah. six. Actually, yeah. My range for the Phoenix was like up, yeah, up to six to like 10 basically. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it's quite wide because it, it really, they're really reliant on obviously Aiton and Booker. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, pretty much agree with what we with, with you since we have them in the same spot. Um, Having Jay Crowder mm-hmm. now though really helps their defense. Yes. Versatile, they they can play him at the four even. Yeah, yeah, it's just the other four. It's like they're probably gonna play Mikael Bridges, mm-hmm. Chris Paul, Bridges, Booker, K. Yeah. We still have campaign. So not bad. Best handshakes yeah. in the league. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. But the thing for me that will really move Phoenix is DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. Him making a leap. I mean, now, a jump is the key. Yep. Yeah. Now, they have a good coach now, Monty Williams. Yeah. I think they hired him midseason, right? So that could be a big thing, too. And Chris Paul has played with Monty Williams before. New Orleans, yeah. And they have an offense that does suit Chris Paul and Devin Booker. After saying that out loud, I might bump them up, actually. <laughs> I see them, like, 
I see Chris Paul like really helping them in Booker's game. Yeah. So if if Monty Williams' spread pick and roll game holds out, I actually might I might move Phoenix up. I might have to think about this again. I might move them. <laughs> this. Yeah. Like honestly, really yeah, it's really hard. Um, probably more like definitely more confident in how well Phoenix will where Phoenix is compared to like the Rockets. I think the Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I might move Phoenix up to eight. I'm going to revise this. I'm going to move Phoenix to eight and, and Houston to nine. Interesting. Okay. Because of the uncertainty around Harden and the Rockets? More certain with the, with the Phoenix, Phoenix's growth? Yeah. Because even if Aiton stays where he's at, Chris Paul and Devin Booker running the Monty Williams system might actually make them better. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm like, yeah, okay. Th- this is where. So Phoenix was 1.2 points better on offense than average and if the Monty Williams factor bumps them up to like two I think they go up and are the eighth seed their defense was average 0.7 better than league average so that's where DeAndre Ayton factor comes in and of course Jay Crowder will help I don't know how Jay Crowder bumps that up much more DeAndre Ayton is the one who's going to bump that up more yeah not not having Baines as a like backup because that's why they were. I mean, that's why they started off pretty well last year because Baines was like on fire to start the season, yeah, and was a yeah. pretty good defender, uh, defensive big. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't. Who's who backs up Aiton? Trying to look at these names and um, let's. No one see. really jumps out. They, they have Damian Jones, I think. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. They still have Frank Kaminsky. So, ah, stretch four. Frank stretch the tank. <laughs> Frank the not tank. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you move up Phoenix to eight. I move up Phoenix to eight and Houston at nine. Who's your 10? So you said you had the Grizzlies here. I have the Pelicans here. That's okay. All right. So yeah. I think my case for Memphis, I think John Morant takes another leap. That's fair. So their, their offense was worse than average last year. So minus 1.3, I think that improves. I think they have a solid coach, mm-hmm. and their defense was about average. So if they get their offense to average with leading John Morant the way, John yes. Morant leading the way, sorry. And I think Dylan Brooks gets better. Justice Winslow gets to play a bit. I don't care about Justice Winslow that much. He's a versatile four. I know, but he just like never plays. That's the problem. He's injured. And then what? Well, Brandon so, Clark as well. Yeah. Now, a ton of this, Brandon Clark, I like. Like, he looked good in the playoffs. He looked good in the bubble. His weird floater for a big man is very interesting. It's, it's so unique to him. So unique. Now, the, the big factor here for me is Jaron Jackson. So, Jaron Jackson's shooting off the dribble, I mean, off the move as a big man is, is huge. And if Jaron Jackson improves as a defender, then Memphis, I'm pretty firm with Memphis here. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, ha- I, ha- I have just I have Memphis like right below them, so they're not they're not way off here. Yeah. Not, not, don't disagree too much yeah. with you on this, but I think the for me the Pelicans are here because they have they got additional. Uh, sorry, I, they just have a they'll have a full year of Zion. I think that will be very huge for them. Yes, <laughs> and he really, he really looked good in the bubble. I mean, in the preseason, uh, he had that one game where he had mm-hmm. like did he have like. 25 points or something. 
And then obviously Ingram and Lonzo continuing to get to improve. And I mean, the replacement for Drew Holiday is Eric Bledsoe, which if they're just gonna, it's yeah. it's okay. <laughs> he said he's still he's still decent enough he's on good. defense. I think not as good obviously as Drew Holiday. Yeah, but they, they're not gonna rely on him to do any like major scoring. Which is, so that's gonna be on Ingram yeah. and, and Zion. Um, mm-hmm. They still have JJ Redick. Steven Adams is there now, which I think he'll be a good partner for Zion. I think if if they do play two bigs. Uh, but yeah, I think this team will be. That's why I think I think yeah. that team is a bit better than uh, the Grizzlies. Yeah, so I can I definitely see that New Orleans could break in here. The I have a couple of reasons for them not being here. Uh, well, I guess reasons they would get in there is our Zion, the pairing of Zion and Ingram. Like Ingram was an All Star, and then Zion could be really good. The coaching of Stan Van Gundy could be huge. That also, yeah. If Lonzo Ball has a breakout year, then that's, that'll add to it. The, the reasons that I don't think that they're going to be above Memphis is because they just have no spacing. And that could really limit Zion's production. The only shooter they have is JJ. And Ingram is a good shooter too, but he's going to have to create so much off the bounce. He's probably going to take more mid-range shots, and Ingram might actually take a step back, not because he's gotten worse but because the system around him is just he's just gonna have to take more mid-range shots no one is gonna guard Adams and Zion outside of five feet if Lonzo doesn't become a good shooter then they don't have to guard him they're not gonna have to guard Bledsoe Jay, they have to guard JJ but that's it I mean they can play they can they can change their lineup up a little bit to include more shooting um take Steven Adams out put Zion at the five you put in JJ and Josh Hart. Yeah, but then Zion at the five, he's not a good defender, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he isn't. Like, he the isn't. defense is going to be bad. And then, then they have Jackson Hayes, not good. Nikhil Alexander-Walker. It's okay. Yeah. Actually, he's decent. He's decent. Uh, he's decent. They have Nico Maley, but... Mille. Like, I just... This... The, their defense might not be that great. Because I... Call me crazy. I'm not a firm believer in Zion Williamson's defense. It's overrated. Far overrated. I, I totally, I totally, I totally see that. Um, I think. I uh, shout out Calvin. He told he has been like he's been, he has this whole uh, Zion like uh, rant about his uh, his his bad habits on defense. Um, yes, he has bad habits on defense. <laughs> he picked up like, he's watching like old high school tape and it's it's developed since then basically, uh, gambling and really bad footwork. Yeah, mm-hmm. very bad footwork. And he just, like, is so eager to get to block some shots. Yeah. He's just, like, people will take advantage of that. And I love Steven Adams. You know, he's one of my favorite players of all time. Um, and he's one of the toughest guys. But he's just, like, not a shooter. And, you know, now the, the, the saving grace for the Pelicans might be their offensive rebounding. Adams and Zion, they're, I think they're just going to get more attempts than anybody because they're just going to keep getting rebounds. But because they're going to get more rebounds, that means there are more available rebounds, which means no one is putting the ball in the basket. <laughs> That's true. If they get all the boards, means people are throwing up bricks. Uh, although my, my counter to that is that I think, uh, what's his face? Stan Van Gundy, uh, good coach, uh, should be able to coach at least, at the very least, the scheme will be there. The execution might not be the best. 
for the because uh, I mean obviously the players have to execute it, so that's the problem with that. But um, I think defense is something that can be coached to an extent, and I think that it's something that Zion should pick up as he plays more games, more NBA games. Yeah, they were one point two worse on defense, so if they just become average on defense and then they maintain average on offense with Zion and Ingram, there is a solid chance they surpass Memphis. I don't see them going higher than nine in their best case scenario though. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to pick the, it's hard to pick the Pelicans over the previous nine, uh, previous four teams. And I do have new Orleans at 11 and it was, it was tough to choose between Memphis and new Orleans. I just like, Memphis a little better. Um, then to round out the last five, New Orleans at 11. I have Minnesota at 12, which sucks because they have two talented guys at Cat and D'Lo. I'm surprised you don't have the Spurs yeah. there. I have the Spurs at 13. I have Oklahoma at 14 and then Sacramento at 15 because Sacramento. they straight suck. Hassan Whiteside. I watched them. I watched their preseason game against um, – Golden State. I mean, they just straight suck. Didn't they have a game? Didn't they win that game? Who hit the game winner? They did. <laughs> Kyle Guy hit the game winner. But like, <laughs> just everything else. I was like, they straight suck. They're not good. It's bad time to be a Kings fan. Well, it's always been a bad time to be a Kings fan. Since since two thousand two, it it's been bad. It's been rough. <laughs> yeah, contended for one year, and that's it. I guess technically two years. 04 was pretty terrible because Chris Webber got hurt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so let's, uh, let's recap our, our seeds. Um, yes. Yeah, go with the West. Of course, I have the Lakers at one. I have the Nuggets at two, the Clippers at three, uh, the Mavericks at four, the Blazers at five, the Warriors at six, the Jazz at seven. I revised this to have the Suns at eight, the Rockets at nine, Grizzlies 10. So... The Rockets and the Grizzlies are playing in with a solid chance for the Pelicans to break into that play-in spot. Okay, and for me, uh, same top three. Uh, then I had the Warriors at four, Blazers at five, Mavs at six, Rockets at seven, uh, the Jazz at eight, Suns at nine, the Pelicans at ten, with op- opposite of Rafa, the Grizzlies possibly like, taking that 10 spot. <laughs> yep. So pretty similar uh, lists, to cool. be fair, to be honest. Yep. And those were our predictions for the Western Conference. With all these teams so close, we could be very wrong about these. Are you as concerned as us as about James Harden? Do you think Luca will make a leap? Can Steph Curry carry a team? Let us know your thoughts. And with the season starting in a couple of days, our next episode will be about our predictions for the NBA Awards. I'm re- yes. Stay tuned for that. I'm quite excited to talk about that as well. Yes. Uh, so yeah, let us know your thoughts and who's got next. Does your dog like to lick things? Try <laughs> popsicles.ph. <laughs> Try Do popsicles. Do you want to give your dog something to lick? <laughs> Popsicles, the perfect frozen <laughs> treat for your dog to lick. Is there something that your dogs like to suck on? Try sucking on this, popsicles. <laughs> <laughs>